0: Risk is our business.
1: It's like nothing we've dealt with before. My golly, Jim, I'm beginning to
2: think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics.
1: Now in standard orbit, sir.
0: Welcome everyone to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I'm your host, Zach Moore.
2: And I'm Haley Stoddard, and we're going to talk about the pretty epic, awesome news that came out this last week. I'm excited.
0: Yes, I'm excited as well. We're all excited as Star Trek fans whenever new news comes out. Especially, you know, we're in a unique place here, Haley, being the host of Standard Orbit, because there's still original series content coming out. Uh, we're very fortunate in that way, you know. Even though the show was 50 years ago, and you know it's the oldest show, you know, definitely the the, the feature film franchise, as far as we know, is still in the. We'll talk about it, but it's still in the uh, in the TOS era, as is Star Trek Discovery. Uh, our, our friend Nick Anastasio coined the term pre OS, which uh, we like using here on Standard Orbit because uh, it's pre original series. And, you know, uh, yes, we're crossing the streams a little bit, but that's what we do. And our friends over at the Edge can come uh, give us a talking to <laughs> if we drift too much into their territory. But, you know, there are a lot of TOS Titans here, aren't there, Haley?
2: Well, there are. And now, where, you know, it ended with the Enterprise coming aboard, I mean, who was not elated about that. I mean, I think we probably all saw it coming, but it still was just really amazing to see the Enterprise and know that Pike is going to be there. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I wanted more Captain Pike, to be honest, when I was watching the original series. I would have liked more Pike.
0: You know, you, you mentioned we all saw it coming. I predicted it here on this very podcast. Uh, I don't, as you guys know, I'm not good with names or numbers as far as podcast episodes go. <laughs> But Ken and I recorded. We, I believe it was the um, the Klingon episode. We talked about the evolution of the Klingons, and mm-hmm. we recorded it the day of the season finale of Star Trek Discovery. I was like, "Hey guys, what did you think about the Enterprise showing up?" Or you know, something silly like that. I was just being silly, but then it showed up. We're like, "Oh my god!" Uh, and look, I am I am the first to say I'm I'm pr- I'm a pretty big nitpicker when it comes to this stuff. I, I feel like I'm probably one of the most critical people on the network of <laughs> of Discovery when it comes to this stuff, as you've seen in, in the Vavo conference. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I don't think the Enterprise has ever looked better. I was very pleased with how it looked. I'm very excited to see more of it. Uh, I think they knocked it out of the park. At least you know we've seen the outside of the ship, right? We haven't seen very much, but but right now, as a as a pretty like purist fan, as myself, as you'll discover as we talk about this news in detail, I was very happy with how the Enterprise showed up. And if you have a problem with that, I don't I don't know I don't know how we can help you because that looks beautiful. <laughs> and what is your complaint, you did. right? I'm glad
2: to hear that you liked it, because I think there was a lot of people who were really upset about the changes, but I think, they again, with the people complaining about how Discovery looked, yes, it's before the original series, and it looks all, all you know, more snazzy, it's 2018 it has to look updated. I mean, they're not gonna use new tech, and I've said this before, they're not gonna use all the advanced technology that we have now for CGI and everything else and make it look like it was in the 60s. They're not gonna do that. I mean, you can't, I'm sure you probably could with some filters and things like that, but at the same time, why would you want to? So I'm glad that you loved the way it looked and I thought it was beautiful. I was crying and like screaming and jumping up and down. It was amazing.
0: Now when, when forgive me, when was that? Like February, March? Uh February. Okay, February. So that was the season one finale of mm-hmm. Star Trek Discovery. And and what there's news right now, and what's kind of you know spurred yes. our discussion today is uh that they have started production on season two, and to commemorate the launch of production, they had a little bit of a season two trailer which had lots of TOS elements in it, didn't it, Haley?
2: It did and it was so, oh my gosh, I was at work and I was squealing like a fangirl and getting the weirdest looks from my coworkers that were around me, <laughs> but it was great. I am super excited. Like I said, I'm super excited to see Pike. I'm excited to see more of him and and his uniform. I love the way that you know they showed that they were making his shirt and I think it's great even though, yeah, it kind of has that updated look again. It's 2018. They're not going to make it look like they did, and they're not going to use the same material. We can't complain. It, it kind of all has to look similar now. Let's, let's, let's remember that. But they still had, you know, the color on it. And I'm super excited to see the different colors rather than and see that transition between the all blue uniforms and the three colors that we get into us.
0: Yeah, so in this in this trailer, we do see a lot of hints at the new uniforms. You don't get a, mm-hmm. a straight on shot. We see like people's faces behind clapboards, and we see uh, yeah. the uniforms on the sewing table, and and we see the uh, production art and and close ups and whatnot. We see uh, uh, the interior of the Enterprise. We see we can let's just do a flyover of what we saw here, and then we can kind of delve into the details. Uh, we see Michael Burnham walking into what has been established as Spock's quarters, uh, Deck Three, Section F. Uh, one, two, five. One, two, five. There we go. That's going to be somebody's Twitter handle in no time, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it looks <laughs> very different than it did in TOS, but, you know, uh, the, uh, that's part of discovery. Uh, you know, we, we see uh, some kind of, you know, bridge display with the USS Enterprise logo on it. Um, we see uh, all kinds of stuff, really. But, but you know, yeah. we hear a lot of quotes, too, don't we? We hear quotes from Captain Pike from The Cage, and we also hear quotes from Spock uh, from the original series, interspersed with quotes from Michael Burnham. Uh, so that you know that that's a, it really whets your appetite for more Star Trek. It gets you excited. As with all things Star Trek discovery though, Haley, I am kind of I'm torn on this, you know much like much like Spock, much like Michael Burnham, I'm torn between two worlds on this, right? Uh, the Star Trek that I grew up with and know and have accepted as canon truth for my entire life, and this new stuff. That they're showing, <laughs> that they're showing us. Um, look, here's the deal. I, I totally. And look, guys, I, I just said that I love the way the Enterprise looked. Okay, so I'm not like a closed-minded hater. Okay, I'm gonna say this though. I'm gonna say this about the uniforms. Uh, update, update the material. That's fine. I get it. I understand why everything can't look exactly the same. Okay. Uh, I like nude spins on old things where we can just squint your eyes. You can imagine it's the same. I get that. Right. Here's the deal, though, okay? The cage was 2254 or whatever-ish. Uh, um, where no man has gone before, the second pilot was 2265-ish, okay? Uh, on the Enterprise. So we know what the Enterprise and the prime timeline is supposed to look like, okay? Discovery, you hear me out, okay? Just just, just take a couple minutes here. we're gonna go on a little bit of a rant or a, <laughs> an explanation. <laughs> so the, the okay. Discovery, right? It's a different ship. So you're like, okay, maybe they had this other thing going on over here at the same time. I could, different uniforms. Oh, okay. I be, even one of the novels, I believe it was Desperate Measures, uh, the, mm-hmm. the novel. Uh, they actually uh, they have the Enterprise and Discovery working together, and they make a comment, oh, well, the Constitution class looks like this and has these uniforms, and the Discovery looks like this and has these uniforms. Like, you know what? That's Good. Good. Get covering your bases, okay. But we know what the enterprise looked like during these time periods, and we know where what it looks like in ten years based off where no man has gone before. And then, of course, we know what it looks like in the original series. And you know, people say, oh, well, those are the pilots. It's not really canon." Excuse me. In the menagerie, they they literally sit and they watch the cage.
1: They <laughs> like, do. I don't. How can it be more <laughs> canon than that
0: when they, they their characters are watching the episode? So, of all these things, right? And this is this is the hill I choose to die on. Of continuity, right? It's the colors of the uniforms. Okay, and I talked about this on the Babel conference with, with some of y'all. And I know it's stupid. I know you probably think, Oh, let's just get over it, man. Uh, here's the deal. They're they're using the red color when we know the red color didn't come until like, you know, the late twenty two sixties for the TOS proper. And 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 I get updating the material and the sets, I, I get all that. But could you just was it that much to ask just to give us gold, blue, and tan? instead of gold, blue, and red. I mean, does, does the color tan date it in the 60s in the way the color red doesn't? I mean, come on, right? That, that's my defense. The reason they're using red is the same reason that, that we've retconned, I and mean, we had a whole episode about this, guys, as you recall. we retcon retconned the, the, the Starfleet Delta being the Enterprise Delta patch, right? It's all iconography, right? It's the same reason in Star Wars where, like, in the prequels, like the emperor looks like the emperor at the end of episode three, because it's recognizable, right? That's what people expect. That's what people know. So what is, what is more ubiquitous in pop culture than the term red shirt, the primary colors of TOS. That's what people relate to. So I get why they're introducing it, but it's, it's much in the same way the Kelvin timeline did like, okay, I get it. This is the 2250s, but we're seeing the costumes, colors and stuff, the style of TOS, because that's what people understand. But okay, that's an alternate universe. This isn't, this is supposed to be the prime timeline. That's what I keep coming back to. So there you go. There's my rant.
2: (laughs) How about this? So there could be, because of the movies, and we'll get into that in a minute with the news that came out about that. What about this? Maybe the reason why they're doing the red instead of the tan is because they're catering a little bit to that demographic of fans who have watched the new movies and maybe have gone back. Maybe we're going to say big, big maybe here, because I don't know how many 20 year olds are going to go back and watch the original series, Um, you know, but maybe they're catering to those fans who've gone back because they've seen the new movies. So they're already aware of the red, yellow, and blue, and they're watching this discovery. And maybe that's their new series right after they've gone and watched the movies. maybe they haven't watched any of the other iterations of the t v show or they have, but they've only watched something that has the red, yellow, and blue so maybe maybe that's a thought well that's I, what they're that's what they're I going get it. For. I mean,
0: that, that that's I mean it's I all, get it too. it's all you know it's it's all marketing driven and like and like recognition driven and brand recognition yeah. driven. Uh, it's like it's like they have the Kelvin's timeline is guilty of this as well. Like, let's put this, the the Starfleet Delta on everything, like the phaser and the communicator. I'm like, is that necessary? <laughs> you know, or let's let's the entire fabric of the uniforms. is The Delta. That's you know, I actually like the Beyond uniforms better. Yes, than the first definitely because they're simpler and they're like okay, that looks a little more. I don't know, mm-hmm. a, a, less over-designed, right? Um, and uh, you know, I'll say this. <laughs> it's funny. Before I saw this trailer, you know. I, is, I get most of my news through Twitter, right? Because that's the world we live in. So I'm like scrolling through Twitter and I see these pictures first, right? And I'm like, oh, this must be production art for Star Trek Beyond. Because these uniforms look exactly like, you know, the close up of the like of the red uniform with like the, the, the delta shield. Mm-hmm. That looks exactly like a Beyond uniform, and, and so does the one on the table, and so does like the art of the, the succession of the of the women uniforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, oh, this is oh, that's cool. Then maybe they released a new book about nope, nope. This is <laughs> this is Star Trek Discovery <laughs> season two. So I don't know. Am, am I being am I being a stubborn fan here, or what? Tell me. Tell me. What, what do you think about my, my stance on this?
2: I can see where you're coming from just because I think a lot of fans are upset. I've seen a few other, I've seen other people say, why are we getting the red? Um, You know, there's no red. And, and so I can see what you're saying. And I'm kind of, I'm iffy on it, but at the same time, I'm also kind of looking at it as it's not necessarily like could be parallel but they're they're just they're trying to mesh a lot here. And I'm wondering if I I don't know. I don't I think they're just they're trying to mesh several things together to make it work. And you know, we can sit here and speculate about what we think it's going to happen or who we're going to see or how their characters are going to react or whatever. But at the end of the day it's all speculation. And it could end up working immensely well once we see it.
0: I guess in ultimately two, ultimately you know? I understand why some things have to be changed. Yeah. But I feel like you didn't need to change the color. Like the color of a <laughs> uniform is not like, oh, that's who wears a tan shirt? That's ridiculous. You know, it's like a paper mache set is one thing, a tan shirt is something else. That's that's where I come down on it. So yeah thank you for hearing me out i know that was a long time <laughs> but <laughs> now i feel like i've gotten out of my system and i can watch this without being my fanboy alarms going off in my head about that that's an error uh yeah so there i think you go. the only
2: thing that will f- that will make me unhappy is if we have another iteration of spock
0: okay let's talk I, about let's talk about spock yeah so what are your thoughts i
2: don't need to see spock if we see shots of michael burnham walking into Spock's room and she comes out and says that she's had a conversation with Spock or something. I'm cool with that. I don't need to see him. I don't need to hear him. I'm good with it. Like I love Leonard Nimoy. I cried the day he, when I heard out, when they found out that he passed away because I was in classes all day. And Zachary Quinto did an amazing job in my opinion, but I don't need another Spock. I'm good. <laughs> like, if he if we don't see him, that's totally
0: fine. See, I was surprised if they put so much Spock dialogue in this trailer. You know, Leonard Nimoy yeah. Spock. Because I'm like, oh, okay, Captain Pike. I get it, right? That's that's Jeffrey Hunter. I mean, and I love Bruce Greenwood as well as Pike. I think he did a fine job. He's right? one of my favorite parts yeah. of the first two films. Um, and that's why I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe we can get those guys back, right? Because when I, when they first cast Sarek, I was like, oh, shit got Ben Cross from... Uh, you know, Star Trek 09. I was like, okay, I get it. Uh, I understand. And I'm like, oh, we're getting Pike. Is it going to be Bruce Greenwood? No, it wasn't. Uh, we can yeah. talk about Pike in, in a little bit here. Um, but I was like, okay, well, now what are we going to... we Are going to cast a third Spock? Because Leonard Nimoy literally passed the torch <laughs> to Zachary Quino. And it would feel it really weird... And I'm not, I'm not going to say disrespectful, because that's, that's. I don't think it applies, but it would just feel really weird to say, okay, thanks, Zach, but you're in the movie, because he would, I mean, he came from TV, I mean, he, he made his bread and butter on Heroes, you know, for mm-hmm. four years, he was on on, on Heroes as Siler, so uh, TV is not beneath him or anything, if they asked him, I'm sure he would do it, and they just have to iron out the finances <laughs> and all that, right, it'd be a big budget, but they're getting Michelle Yeoh, they're getting Jason Isaacs, these are huge movie stars, so I don't think... I think they could get Zachary Quinto if they wanted to, but I, 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 I think they might not even know how to do it right now because, like, like either like oh, Leonard Nimoy, it's like this—he casts this incredible shadow, right? I um, mean, he's like mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve is the Superman, Leonard Nimoy is the Spock, and you know the, these exactly. these newer versions have not taken over from the older versions. So, uh, see, uh, this is this is tough. I don't know how they're going to do it. I, 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 they're playing a dangerous—they're playing a dangerous game here because they're trying to have their cake and eat it too.
2: And other people have said that, and I don't think that. I don't think casting Zachary Quinto as the Spock would be appropriate because we do have that distinction where the Kelvin timeline, it's a different timeline. So if you bring in Zachary as Spock in this one, then not only are you melding, okay, now we've got pre-TOS and it's merging into TOS, but now we're throwing in the Kelvin timeline and it's all going to like just... My brain can't wrap it around that. So I don't think that that would be appropriate. I don't think it would work. That's why I said, I personally don't need to see him. And I don't think we need to hear him. If we hear that someone's had a conversation with him, that's fine. But beyond that, I don't think we need it.
0: Well, we we see these doors open, right? And she's walking to his quarters. So many, let's, because, hey, all we can do is speculate, right? So mm-hmm. it's either like, oh, well, Spock's off back on Vulcan visiting his mom. But sure. Uh, adoptive sister check out his quarters right and she walks around (laughs) and she sees some family photo of them right and then we get some flashbacks because as we have been promised uh we're gonna have flashbacks of young spock on vulcan uh so that's their loophole like it's they're having their cake and you need it too right they're having spock and having spock is he gonna be on assignment somewhere is he training somewhere i don't know i feel like that's how they might do it if they do some deal where it's like you open you open the doors right, and then we get and we cut to the interior facing out, and it's like Burnham walking through the doors, and you hear some like, I swear if they do this, you're gonna hear some like stock, uh, stock uh, footage audio from oh. later. And we're saying, hello, Commander, and then like the episode ends like, oh my God, like I will flip my yeah. table. <laughs> um, I, I, do you are you familiar with the CW superhero shows at all, Haley? No. So Supergirl, right? Um, mm-hmm. The first season, it was on CBS. It's on CW now. Uh, this is a very similar situation. They have a Superman. The first season, they didn't cast Superman. Um, they they weren't sure what the rules were and all this stuff, right? So he was like a, he was like a, he showed up like in two or three times. But it was always like a CGI far away or shadowy figure, or like the sun was behind his head, and or we just saw his feet or something, right? And then we they always refer to him like, oh yeah, Big Blue and all this stuff, right? Like they're talking around him, like drawing attention to the fact we're not using him just makes it worse and that was very infuriating and And I hope that doesn't happen here with Spock. Like they just need to pick a direction and stick with it and don't be all like this whole like, oh, he's he's in that room over there but you know, oh, hey, you just missed Spock. I'm like, dude, don't do that <laughs> to us. Yeah. You know? Just, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, I don't have, I don't have the answer. I just feel like they're, they're, they're playing with fire here when they're dangling that Spock carrot in front of you and they're heavily promoting him. Like they're using mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy dialogue from the original series in the trailer and that really, that really did surprise me, because people are now going to, like, because we're, we're kind of in it, you know, we, we understand, like, all these intricacies, of oh, there's the Kelvin over here, and blah, blah, and Zachary Quinto, to the normal person, you show them that chair, like, oh, we're going to see Spock, this is great, and then he's yeah. not there, I, I feel like people are going to feel like, you know, a bait and switch is going on.
2: Exactly, and that's why I say, you know, don't even allude to him being there, you know, or we don't see him or anything, I mean, really, we don't, you know.
0: Well, yeah. If you thought I got upset about the shirt colors, just wait till I mess up Spock. Um, let's talk about the Enterprise, though. You know, w- walking through the inter- we didn't see very much, but uh, it looks very like very much like the movie aesthetic. I think, like the like the uh, the font mm-hmm. and even the uh, even the archways and the colors. Like it reminds me of you know motion picture and Wrath Karma. are going like the pods are going in and out of the ship and stuff. What did you think of what we saw? The very limited amount of what we saw the inside of the Enterprise.
2: I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm excited to see more of what they build for it. Um, I'm hoping maybe, you know, we'll get maybe a whole bridge set or, or something. I'm, I'm super excited to see more of the interior because again, that exterior was really beautiful. I mean, it really, really, really well done. So I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll, you know, they'll treat it well. And I think they will. I think, Probably the ship is the easiest for them to know what direction that they're wanting to go with it and what they're wanting to do, what they know that they can't do or should do. So I think it's going to be really pretty. I'm excited you know, I think, to see more.
0: I think of all the, like there's three iterations of the original series, Enterprise, exterior and interior. You've got the mm-hmm. cage, you got where No Man has gone before, and then you have the original series proper. And I, I honestly I feel like the cage aesthetic really has dated the best, right? Because it's it's cool, yeah. it's metallic, it's darker, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously they, we all know that they added the color because they're selling TVs, you know, yes. RCA <laughs> color television. <laughs> like we need red yes. and splashes of color and all that. And um, I you know I'm all for toning down the red, okay. But I I think you you don't need to change that much on the bridge of the Enterprise. I mean, yes yes, updated a bit, okay, but. But don't reinvent the wheel. There's just there's no reason to. No. Uh, and you need and, it, and and hey, you need to make it look different than the Discovery Bridge or the Shenzhou Bridge, right? Because they look very, you know, honestly, they look pretty. They're similar. huge. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, really people huge. talk
2: about like the the bridge for the for the Enterprise in the Kelvin movies, saying that it's like really big and spacious. I'm like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> like the Discovery Bridge is just. And I'm like, this person's like way over here. Like, are they yelling at each other from across the? <laughs> cross the captain's chair or something because it's ginormous so yeah it doesn't need to be really big and and yeah make it look like it fits in with the rest of the show but it can still be the original enterprise
0: bridge like i think you only need one turbo lift like there's no yeah. need I mean I'm going to I'm going to take the same approach as the shirts on this. You don't need to add a second turbo lift. Like just have it be the one and then all the fanboys like me can be like okay, fine. That's I can accept that. If there's a you don't know kind of mental gymnastics we're going to have to go through here if there's like four turbo lifts on the bridge in the enterprise <laughs> like it's like I get I get the enterprise D had like eight doors, but we don't need that many. Although honestly, yeah, well, you had, okay, you had the battle bridge or the bathroom, right? That's the, you know, if you go to the top, (laughs) really, it's on the blueprints, I think, like, if you go, like, like, across from the observation (laughs) lounge exit is the bathroom, Uh, you've got the ready room and all that. (laughs) Although it is, you know, to be honest, it it is kind of stupid to only have one access tube to your command center. But uh, well,
2: and on Discovery, we only have the one.
0: Is it? Is it? No, no. I, I haven't seen like a full bridge schematic, honestly. So
2: I mean, I haven't seen the. But every every time you see them walking onto the bridge,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's it that looks like door. it's just the one kind of the same like right behind the captain's chair. It's mm-hmm. just that one.
0: That gives me hope. And- that gives me hope. We won't get any more uh, Turvalis. So, um, but yeah. So I mean, there's. It's. I'm very interested to see this the, the inside because again, you see the outside. It's great. I love my favorite starship is the refit enterprise and Mm -hmm. i feel like this discovery enterprise or whatever we're gonna end up calling it in fandom a name will settle in at some point right as they always do. yes um the disco prize or whatever right
2: the disco prize prize. i think hey
0: i think that's a good name you know someone's probably probably already used it i think we
2: found our uh, episode title disco prize
0: (laughs) um so the disco prize it's like this perfect meld between the movie refit and the original series uh, yeah. And I'm like that's fine, that's cool. But when you start going inside, like I'm curious, like are we gonna see engineering, you know? We're we gonna see, like I'm very curious to see these mm. different sets, and um, it, it's it's exciting, you know? It's exciting, yeah. but then it's also frustrating as the, the because I've grown up watching this and this, I have accepted that well, this is to me, this is, to me, Star Trek history is like North Earth history. It's like, oh yeah, well in 2265 the Enterprise looked like this. That's ridiculous. That'd be like if you make a movie about New York in the 1950s and the World Trade Center is there. Like, no, oh, well that's mm-hmm. wrong. That's not how it was, you know. But I have to remember <laughs> that this is fiction. And yes. we're all here to have a good time.
2: <laughs> I think a lot of people tend to forget that, you know, that it's this is it's still fiction. And, you know, kind of we were talking about that on the Babel conference with previous episode that we posted this week. So yeah, it's still fiction. I don't think we're gonna see a whole lot of the Enterprise on the interior. I think we will definitely get the bridge. And, you know, we might, again, obviously we're going to see hallway, you know, we're going to, we're going to see Spock's doorway, who knows how much of his quarters we're going to see, but I don't know necessarily if we're going to see a whole lot interior.
0: I I, I guarantee you she's going to go into his quarters. She's going to pick up his his harp because we know what that is, (gasps) right? Yes. Um... Any kind of Vulcan, like one of the, one of those weird statues that he has, that's going to be there. Like anything <laughs> that you, that's that super you can iconic,
2: yes. yeah. <laughs> you're that gonna, would be cool. I you're mean, gonna I really see, you're see that, a but Vulcan
0: I... robe in there, even though it's from the movies. I'm sure you're going you're to see it folded <laughs> up, like in Star Trek Three. It's going to be in there. You know, I'll tell you this though, Haley. All I, I and I've said this from the beginning when I found out about Michael Burnham being part of like the Seric family. If if we see Cyborg, right? All of my mm-hmm. complaints will be forgiven. I will not say one word anymore about red shirts and doorways. Like if they some, if, I will, I will have so much respect for them if they work. Cyborg back into it. Like if there's a family picture and there's like an older guy with a beard in it, I'm like, oh, all right, you got me. I'm just saying but that that's, they there's, a,
2: there's a possibility that hmm, I never thought about that. That's because a good, if hmm.
0: Sarek's wife before Manda was a Vulcan princess, then Cyborg, is mm-hmm. a, he's a lot older than Spock. Yes. Uh, he would be. I don't know if he had left yet. I mean, he knew Spock when they were younger, so, th- th- You know, I don't. If we're getting flashbacks of their childhood on Vulcan, like I want to. I want to see Cybok. I want to see it, and then all my nitpicks. Well, I will just all is forgiven. That is. Who
2: would who would who would play Cybok though?
0: <sighs> well, it's it depends on like when you see him, right? I I would assume yeah. you'd see him like in a picture or maybe in a flashback. You know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know some Canadian actor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't i don't have anybody in mind um daniel craig is since i like, couldn't get sean connery now um, <laughs> he looks pretty cool with a beard though he i think he had a beard in um um the golden compass and yeah i don't i don't know but, what else but, but anyway. would
2: we necessarily have cyborg with the beard
0: because no because that's how you recognize him you see. Well, I you gotta, mean that, you yeah, have to that's think. You true. have to think like they do, Haley. It's like, oh yeah, the Vulcan with the beard. <laughs> you know.
2: <laughs> I've always wondered. I'm like in the back of my head. He's from the mirror universe because Vulcans don't have beards except for when they're in the mirror universe. So, so, <laughs> so that's I'll, why he's kind of crazy.
0: I'll say Spock looks so much cooler with a beard. You Spock know?
2: does look cooler
0: with a beard. Like in uh like, Have you watched Star Trek Continues?
2: Not yet. Oh, but we, I think we're, we're going we to get next, on that because we, we finished the animated series, so Excellent. I think continues is next. There you go.
0: So so there's an episode where they go back to the mirror universe, and it's pro- it's the best one. It's my favorite one. It's it uh, and Spock is heavily featured in it, and he has a beard. And I got so used to seeing him with a beard. Like when the next episode I was like, oh man, it looks so much cooler with a beard, you know. Well um, even
2: even from the one episode I mean mirror mirror I mean mm-hmm. yeah no Spock's way cooler with a beard. <laughs> well and, and well hey and then,
0: of course we saw Mirror Sarek, and he has a beard right? So yes. it's like because what again you got to think like they think like oh Mirror universe beards Vulcans yes of course Sarek has a beard right? So if we see Cybok, he's going to have a beard. Uh and you heard it here first guys um all of my nitpicks will be forgiven if we see Cybok, so uh, but let's talk about Captain Pike a little bit. Um, ah. What did you? What first of all, what did you think that? Uh, what did you think about the casting of Anson Mount as Captain Pike?
2: Um. So I don't know. I I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. So um, and what I do watch is BBC America stuff. So um, Star
0: Trek on BBC America, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Uh. So no, I think it's great. You know, they kind of they showed pictures of him and um and i think I think he'll do really good, I mean, character what like feature wise I think he's he's pretty similar to what we have, so I think it's gonna be great, and he obviously is super excited about his role um i I think I followed him on Twitter now at this point, and you know he's he's tweeting and memes and stuff like that, and you know, I think it's great when we get someone who is a trekkie. And they get to be on Trek. Like, I mean, that's the ultimate dream, right? For even just normal people. But when you have other actors who are Trekkies and then they get to be in Trek, you know that they're probably just geeking out on the inside just as much as any of us would for it. So I think it's great because he likes Trek. So I think it's going to be a good fit.
0: I followed him for quite a while on Twitter because he was actually a guest star on Smallville back in the day. Oh, wow. as, as y'all know, I have a, my own podcast on Smallville, the Young Superman show, and he he played um, uh, the ex boyfriend of Lex Luthor's fiance in the second season, and uh, it was not that good of an episode, but I he he was always kind of like a um, he he had like a you know a presence to him, you know I'm like this guy he looks like a like a chiseled like. Like old school, like he could have been on Mad Men or something, right? He's got that look, mm-hmm. to him, which is perfect if you're going to recapture Jeffrey Hunter. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've seen all these pictures, like of comparisons, and and the guy looks, he looks very much like him. So yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm very pleased with like the whole like, um, yes, we're going to find someone that looks like Captain Pike because even though Captain Pike wasn't in very many episodes, he's he's become, a, and I think the Kelvin timeline has helped this. He's become just a, a very you know, mythic, important character in in Star Trek lore.
2: And I'm excited to see more pike honestly like really i mean when we watched the original series my daughter and i we both like the cage and and so to see more of pike before the accident i'm excited that makes me excited
0: do you think at some point you know discovery is gonna i mean who knows how long it's gonna run right yeah do you think we'll see pike's accident at some point during the run of the show
2: that would be interesting. I think people have speculated about that, like where, you know, when when we first saw the Enterprise and then before all of this came out, people were like, well, was this? You know, I remember someone had said something about maybe this is that incident and that's why they hailed them. And, you know, and so that's where we're at. And so we were going to see that part, right? But I like that we're going back and we're actually getting Pike pre-incident. So maybe, maybe we would. That would be kinda neat.
0: As long as it's on a J type training vessel and he the barium plates rupture and he's saving <laughs> cadets and he's a fleet captain, as long as those facts are in line, yeah. Then I'll be fine. But if not, I'm gonna have you're gonna hear my red shirt rage well, <laughs> that you did earlier. <laughs> I
2: don't I don't think that they would change any of how it happens. I don't think you can. You can't it has to be the same. It still has to be the same set of circumstances. So that wouldn't change. But I think seeing it would be pretty neat. Um, that would be cool. I There was someone, and I don't know who it was, someone uh, speculated that perhaps maybe Pike is going to be the captain of Discovery. I don't know if you saw that. It was on my timeline. I don't remember who tweeted it. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So...
0: Yeah, he could take over as temporary captain. There has been speculation is that because he's going to be in some episodes, he's not just in the premiere. Like he's, he no, has a yeah. sizable role this season. So I, mm, but they went to Vulcan. to get the captain. What we're going to? they be like haven't
2: a, gone to Vulcan yet. They're on right. their way. That's when they get the hail, and then who knows where we go? You know,
0: could be a terrible transporter accident, and they have to replace somebody. Who knows, right? Just motion picture style. I, uh, <laughs> I don't. know. Yeah, because like, are we going to see? Because, okay, remember when Discovery first showed up, it was like, oh, you're going to have, we might have the Shinzu and the Discovery and, like a team thing because we, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. And so are, are we going to see that this season with the Enterprise and the Discovery doing something together, at least for like a three, at least a three episode arc or yeah. something like that? Like, oh, we're, we're off to go pick up Commander Spock. We'll see you later. You know, <laughs> they're going to do it. I uh, I don't know, but I, I'm very curious to see what they do with, with the character. And I think, uh, um, that Anson Mount is is a is a good uh, is a good choice, and I'm looking forward to see. But now I didn't see the Inhumans, uh, the Marvel. Mm-hmm. Well, it was supposed to be a movie, and then it became a TV show, and then it became canceled because nobody liked it. <laughs> but, uh, he was the lead in that as well, so uh, you know, uh, but but Anson Mount was the lead in that as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, clearly, hey, Marvel thought he was leading man material, so. He's good enough for me, uh, so yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to his interpretation, and he will be now the uh, the fourth Captain Pike after Jeffrey Hunter, Sean Kinney, Bruce Greenwood, and now Hanson Mount. So I think that that pretty much covers the TOS connections in the Discovery news and trailer. Haley, was there anything else yes. that, that we missed or the? Did...
2: No, I think that's it. I think you know, yeah. What, what, I mean, what? we do we do get the badges, so we do get. The badges that we do know of today, because we did see, like, the engineering one, mm-hmm. and they look similar, but um, beyond that, no, because they don't have the splice in them like the discovery badges do, so.
0: I would like to see the um, uniform where the women are wearing pants, uh, because that's what they wore in the pilot era, and, you know, it's mm-hmm. a little more professional for a military organization than mini skirts, right? Yeah. <laughs> although let's be fair I think back, we but- could talk
2: we could have a separate separate episode here on Standard Orbit about the uniforms I have some
0: thoughts on yeah, you know let's put that, that on the schedule <laughs> Well, that would be that would be a fun one. I will say this though, to be fair, back in the day, Nichelle Nichols and Greasley Whitney were like, "Oh, look at my legs and look at my skirt," and it was like a competition between them. So, uh, that was that was a big deal. But yeah, but we, let's let's put that on the schedule. Let's talk about costumes. You know, I can t- clearly I have strong opinions about <laughs> costumes as well.
2: So be no, fun. not at all. Um,
0: ah, <laughs> uh, so that that covers our Star Trek Discovery segment as far as it ties into TOS. Now we have some very exciting news um, from the feature film front because Paramount recently confirmed not one but two Star Trek movies are in development. Uh, and one of them being the you know, promised oh so long ago Star Trek 4 oh with uh, Chris Hemsworth and the other one is up in the air. It's we're not there's no confirmation there. It might be Quentin Tarantino's pitch. It might not be uh, I don't see I don't, I don't know if this is truly two movies though. Haley I I think it might mm-hmm. be like you know, okay, we got it. we're looking at some options in development and we're gonna pick one at some point and move forward with that one. I feel like that's the more, you know, no pun intended, logical <laughs> way to look at it as opposed to we're working on multiple Star Trek movies. Uh but bottom line, I loved Beyond and I would love to see the Kelvin Timeline continue. So yes. I my, my I am pulling for Star Trek four, the a proper Star Trek four Uh, which now has a proper director, as we found out right after that. Right, Haley?
2: Yeah, yeah, we did. And this is exciting, Uh, much to the articles that were saying it's going to be the first female director. Many people were correcting. This is the first female director for a film in the Star Trek universe. We obviously already had women directing episodes in various seasons. But, yeah, so uh, S.J. Clarkson is going to be the director uh she is from the uk and has worked on a lot of stuff um most notably i think a lot of people obviously know orange is the new black i don't but a lot of people do um jessica jones also she was on that um i did a little bit of research on her courtesy of imdb she's actually done quite a bit she actually you mentioned heroes earlier um and she did some episodes. Uh, she's also done, uh, she did episode of House. Uh, I think another one that's uh, pretty well-known, at least people who watch BBC America. <laughs> uh, Whitechapel, Chapel, EastEnders. She did like eight episodes of EastEnders. Um, that's a good one. And yeah, and then she did a little made-for-TV movie. So she's not, movies are not new for her. Um the movie was called Toast. Kind of looked a little bit about it. Uh, it's about it's breakfast? <laughs> no, it's not about breakfast. Uh, it's about this. I will redo the little synopsis here if I can find it again. I lost it. Go figure. Uh, so there's uh, this little nine year old, Nigel Slater. Uh, his mother apparently was a hopeless cook. And uh, her best thing she could make was toast.
0: So it's about food. I was close. So
2: it is about food. Yes, it's about food. So anyway, um, mom apparently dies leaving him with his father. And uh, this woman comes in to be their cleaner. And apparently she can cook. Well, he decides that he wants to go to cookery class. And there's this competition because he's the only boy in his cookery class. And then uh, Mrs. Slater, uh, as she becomes his stepmom, is a really good cook. And so, uh, yeah, that's kind of the basic synopsis of it. Um, So, yeah.
0: Yeah, some other things that I saw in her IMDb that stuck out to me was Life on Mars. Um, I've never seen that the American or the British version but I've heard nothing but good things about it I do know that Cole Meany, Chief O'Brien of Deep Space Nine was in the original pilot for the American version and then they recast everyone (laughs) for when it went to actual series which I found interesting Um, but but I do want to check that out. I've heard nothing but positive things about that. Uh, and then also she directed uh, uh some episodes of Jessica Jones and the Defenders, so the Netflix Marvel shows. So, yeah, uh, keeping, so, in, the, I keeping mean, in the Marvel family there. Uh, she's
2: definitely done quite a bit. Um, I think Dexter, she did some episodes of Dexter. A lot of people know about that one. Uh-huh. And uh, well, let's see, what was the other one that really stood out? Bates Motel,
0: yeah, Bates, yes, yeah. yeah psycho tv show psycho prequel (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh but yeah you know i think and this is just how it is guys i believe that wonder woman being such a success patty jenkins being the director is was really you know broke the the glass ceiling if you will of having women direct big genre movies and i'm really excited wonder woman is by far (laughs) the best dc movie uh of the new modern era and uh, she's directing the sequel and i think that's great and yeah i think it's great that more women are getting you know Behind the director's share of these big budget movies, and I'm very interested to see what she has to say. Now, you know, uh, would I have liked to see uh, Justin Lin back? I mean, yes, I would have. And this is coming from someone who's extremely critical. I'm like the guy from Fast and the Furious. This is Star Trek. Are you kidding yeah. me? Just, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I was so like, are you kidding me? Um, but you know, I admit when I'm wrong. And Beyond was great, and he was a Star Trek fan. Really, um, did, it really so, you shows. Know. He did.
2: He did do good. I I, I agree with you there. When and I it, first heard that news, I was like really come kidding?
0: on now with <laughs> well you know and if you look at the history of star trek movies it's it's very rare to have a repeat director you know mm-hmm. i mean you had jj abrams did two in a row uh and then he went off to star wars leonard nimoy directed two in a row jonathan Friggs directed two in a row but they were you know they're kind of on the inside already so i think yeah. that, that kind of helped The okay you can do another one um nicholas Meyer did two, but they were spread out almost 10 years apart so I feel like it's kind of par for the course for Star Trek franchises to switch out directors. So I uh, I just, you know, as long as they keep the visual continuity of it all, uh, which mm-hmm. I felt like Justin Lin did um, from the J.J. movies, I felt like, yeah. you know what, these movies look like they still belong in the same universe.
2: Exactly. Well, so I one of the um, articles that was posted um, about um, S.J. Clarkson being the new director Uh, J.J. Abrams, Bad Robot, will be involved in that. Um, And, oh goodness, I had it written down. They've actually got uh, the writers for it already. I'm kind of sad that Simon Pegg's not going to be involved in the writing process. I know he said that he wasn't going to be because uh, watching a lot of British television, I love the British humor, and the humor and beyond was just (laughs) on point for me. So I'm kind of a little bummed.
0: What, no, what? No, no. Was it ha ha humor or he he humor, Haley?
2: You know, <laughs> because I like the British humor, it was it was ha ha funny for me. Like I'm, yeah, it was. That's, ha-ha a, that's
0: funny. our new metric, by the way, guys. It is a heard. new
2: metric. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's so, JD
0: JD Payne and Patrick McKay. There you go. Yes. Uh, and they had written. A, they, I believe they wrote the discarded draft or the original. Um, Kelvin Star Trek 3 when Robert Orsi was still involved Um, they were still credited because that's just contracts that's how they work in Hollywood Um, so I don't know you know this could be elements of that or I don't because you know Simon Pegg and uh, Doug Young came in and and basically you know started from scratch (laughs) with like a year out so so that was very impressive Uh, and, and yeah it was sad to see that they're not on it but you know, let's see what these guys have have to say. You know, J.J. Abrams is still around to, to kind of shepherd it. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know how involved he's going to be because he's you know he's back over directing episode nine with Star Wars now. But uh, Simon Pegg, but you, you know, hopefully he still re- has some influence he, too.
2: He is involved with um,
0: the Quentin one. Yeah, see that's 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 what's so confusing. Um, so
2: I'm actually that actually makes me a little less nervous about it.
0: Because you feel like but he'll only, reel it in, he'll reel in the Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, of it. <laughs> but
2: only a little bit because I mean. I know that Quentin Tarantino says that he is a Star Trek fan. So there is that element of, okay, well, obviously if he's a fan, he's going to treat it right, but he needs someone else, I think, to kind of, because I'm still nervous. There was that it's going to be an R-rated film, and I'm like, you can't do that. You know, there's there's well, too many people that love to take their kids, and it's always been, yes, there's episodes where you're like, whoa, don't watch this one. But but I think, you know, that, slapping that label on it, I think
0: alienates a lot of fans. Well, honestly, that's that's an issue I have with Discovery, to be completely honest, because mm. it's an R-rated TV show. Like, uh, like I, you know, I grew up watching, as you did, watching Star Trek with your, your family, and it's like, that it was a family thing. And I'm like, I want to sit down and watch Star Trek with my kids one day, like you do, <laughs> you know, with your daughter. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to show them Discovery <laughs> until they're like, can drive, <laughs> you know? um, but well, yeah, but that that is different because you know it's a kind of a specialized TV show. You know, but if you're having the big motion picture event of Star Trek, you know, going yeah. to a the theater, uh, I, I can see that the, the, the diff- why that would kind of be a deal breaker. And uh, and I agree. Like, please, no, no, no f bombs in a Star Trek movie. Please, no, no, no gruesome uh, shooting someone to. Well, I mean, that happened in Next Gen, but shooting someone where the head explodes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we don't need to see that in a uh, in a movie, but that, see that. But that's see that's what makes me think, Haley. That these are these are the same. Like one of these two, it's like the in the death match, right? Death cage. Mm-hmm. The two two go in, one comes out. If Abrams is involved in both of these bad robot, it's weird that like they would both happen at the same time. I just I don't know. Maybe I'm just because I'm th- I think back to Star Trek six. I know this is a long time ago. But there were two movies in production. There was Star Trek VI, as we came to know it, The Undiscovered Country. There was also Harv Bennett's Starfleet Academy script. And they were like, okay, we're going to work on these at the same time, and we'll come out with six, and then Harv will get to years after that. And that's why he ended up leaving, because he was like, look, you guys aren't going to get back to my script. You know, I'm, I'm out of here. And, you know, uh, Star Trek 09 was heavily influenced by that <laughs> by that uh, script, by Harv Bennett for Starfleet Academy, by the way. And we only, we only saw one movie, so I... I don't know. Like I wouldn't be surprised if one of these just fades away. Um I'm I'm yes, of course I'm very intrigued by the prospect of a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie, but I'd rather keep the momentum of the Kelvin timeline going and stick with that. And honestly, I feel like I feel like either way we're going to get time travel again, which yeah. to me is like ugh.
2: Well, and there was the one article that did admit that. I mean, if Chris Chris Hemsworth is in it, mm-hmm. we already know that he's dead. So that was my, my wondering. I was wondering, okay, well, if he's coming back, are we getting somehow, how are they doing this? And so they've admitted that there will be some time travel. Time trick. <laughs> <That's, that's what laughs> well, like... I mean, come on now. Like, how often do we have time travel
0: in All Star the time. Trek? All the time. The time. Right? I mean, I, but, but the thing is, and Ken and I have talked about this before, like Ken, Ken he said when he heard about Star Trek 4, is going to be time travel. I was like, oh again, I hate time travel. And then he's like, oh, I loved it. So it shows how much I know. Yeah, um, But so I feel I the mean, same it way, right?
2: really well. You know. You but you it's, never it's know. called
0: Star Trek, not Time Trek. You know, it, it's I like, know. if you look at, um, you know, Star Trek 4 had time travel. Star Trek Generations had time travel with Kirk. First Contact had time travel. 09 had time travel. Uh, now, you know, Star Trek, Two point oh four. It's gonna, it's gonna have time travel, and then you know, it's funny if you look back at right. You look at uh, the how the how the Kelvin timeline correlates to the old timeline, right? The mm-hmm. first one is like you get like a new Enterprise, and you know the crew comes together and all that stuff that you fight this massive thing that's too big for them. Second one is Khan. The third one, the Enterprise blows up. The crew has to work together. It is a family unit. The fourth one is time travel. It's like we are we uh, we're, are we are gonna see Michael Burnham in Star Trek Five, right? <laughs> you know, Spock's uh, sibling we never heard of before. I
2: wonder. Um, if, if we're getting time travel and, and Kirk is going to see his dad, what if it's something where they go back in time and then don't go back forward in time? and they stay in that timeline. Does that make sense? Like
0: it Makes sense, but I don't know how you like I don't I mean I don't know story. how they would
2: do it and I don't know what they would do and everything. It's like it's like, it's like
0: it's like on first contact, right? Like all right, we're going to our escape pods, we're going to live on Earth now. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um which was like man, but, that would have been interesting. But I
2: do think we we very well could get two films and two separate ones cuz they did say, you know, this one is already kind of in the works. I think mm-hmm. the Quentin Tarantino one is it's kind of there, but I don't it it alludes to this one, Star Trek Four. Whatever they're going to end up. Star Trek Four.
0: Ah, for Chris Simsworth, Am I right? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it from now. Star Trek Thor. Thor. That's what I'm going to call Star Trek Four.
2: <laughs> um, I think that uh, this one is a little more further along in the process
0: mm-hmm.
2: than than the one Quentin says. But they're saying this one is going to hopefully because most of the actors have already said they would come back. For another one, which is exciting because honestly, I love I love this new crew. I think they all work together really well. They fit their roles really well. Uh, it's it's super fun. I think Carl Urban as Bones and Beyond was just hands down amazing. I mm-hmm. love that. So I think that would be great. I'm definitely hoping that they bring Jayla back.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think she should take Chekhov's role. She yeah, uh, exactly. En- en- enough too. time has passed. It's like okay, she went to the academy. Yeah. Or she's field commissioned, like, you know, Lieutenant Savick got field commissioned and was in the Academy. We can have Lieutenant Jayla sit next to Sue. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and then... Carol know, Marcus.
0: They're... Can we see her again? Like,
2: I uh, want... Yes, please. Can like, we, did oh we my throw gosh. the baby
0: out with the bathwater within the darkness? Like, I know we're kind of ignoring, like, 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 magic blood and trans planet beaming, but can we keep... Can Carol Marcus not just be one and done for once in this franchise, right? Yeah.
2: I know that, you know, they were in talks about her having... being in in Beyond, but uh, I don't think it worked out with her contract. So yes, please. I would love to have Carol Marcus we're,
0: back. We're going to see her in Star Trek one. 6. She's going to have like a five-year-old kid or something. Like, oh, <laughs> this is David. And I
2: think, I think there has been talks about that. I've seen people talk about that, you know, and, and the possibility of, of you know, them having that relationship and, and seeing that grow and be something different. But then, so start talking about the another one, they're kind of saying that that wouldn't necessarily, at least what I got out of the articles, is that it's not necessarily going to be the same cast. It's
0: yeah, mean, I mean, that, it's, it's different. Different, yeah. like, way
2: different film.
0: Uh, it so, could be, you know, people, this is just speculation, right? It's yes. like, well, it could be next gen again because, you know, mm. Pat, there's talk of Patrick Stewart and all that. Oh, it's gosh. like, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, that's. <laughs> of course, the next gen, you know, fandom is like, oh, my, we could see. You know the next gen crew again because I thought they were done. You know, I mean for for real. I mean that you know, would be really
2: cool. You have to admit, like I mean,
0: I would I would I mean th- there as, as
2: TNG fans, the two of us, that yeah. would be really really. I'm cool sorry, sorry fit. Ken,
0: you're not here to, <laughs> to to stop the TNG love. <laughs> but yes, I mean th- there's there's something about, and we live in the age of you know the revival right? Mm -hmm. You get the X-Files coming back. You get Roseanne coming back, right? In the the movies, there was something about seeing Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia back, like the original actors in those roles. something you never thought you'd see again, right? And, yeah, it's cool to see reboots and recasts and all the, you know, three Spider-Men in 10 years and all that, right? But there's nothing like seeing the actual actors playing the characters that you, grew up with over the years returning those roles. That's why, you know, to talk about Patrick Stewart, that's why a movie like Logan was so successful because you you cared about these X-Men characters for almost 20 years. Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman as these guys and you see him again and there's emotional weight to it. So if they brought back the next-gen cast um, in some form or fashion... That would be awesome. I don't know what it would be, and it would have to be not just fan service. I want it to be a good story, too, because it's so easy to be like, oh, look, all the actors are back. Yeah, and, like, and what are we doing? Like, what's the story? Um, Quentin Tarantino has mentioned yesterday's Enterprise, is inspiration, also Sydney on the Edge of Forever, uh, which, ironically, t- tie in perfectly with bringing back Chris Hemsworth, but that's the other movie, right? That's what's so confusing. Yeah. Um, but do you think so? Yeah. Do you think it would be next gen, or do you think it would be like a totally new cast?
2: I think maybe we would get a combination. I think maybe you know because Patrick Stewart has said that he would he would reprise his role. Which yes, please, <laughs> yes, any day of the week, <laughs> I will have Captain Picard back. Because I mean, come on, he still looks amazing. And could pull off a role as, like,
0: he, he, he looks better than almost everybody else in the I cast. know, <laughs>
2: he's 20 um, years older than that. you know, and he could so easily play like an admiral, or we'd probably
0: we, we not get action Picard for once in a movie because he's older than you Thank
2: know, you. like, I would love to see him being that admiral, or or you know, he's I don't know somehow tied with the Academy and he's like teaching or something, you know, because I mean that would be, I know it's not very Picard, but it is because he still was that. I mean, he was, he was so many things. So I think it would be a combination of maybe some of the actors because obviously Brent can't reprise his role as data. There's that's, just
0: no That's would be unfortunate because I would like, that would confirm like, yeah, B4 didn't become data and data's dead. I'm like, Oh, so, yeah since there's nothing on screen after that I can just kind of imagine that it all turned out okay right but uh, <laughs> you know
2: so I think I think if some of the actors wanted to come in and then there was a new cast of somehow and, and so we have those characters I think it would be cool to some people have speculated about like an academy film and it's a film about the academy somehow like cadets and things like that I don't know there's new cadets there's I do Professor
0: LaForge's class
2: oh that would be cool <laughs>
0: You know, Jonathan Frake's still in the family, directing, mm-hmm. uh, what, two episodes now? Star Trek Discovery, I think? I believe so, yeah. Um, I think he- and let's talk about that. His on screen wife, Deanna <gasps> Troy, Marina Sirtis. This oh. is a little bit of nuisance. We're, we're, let's tie all this news together here, Haley. Really. She's yes. up in Canada doing something, right?
2: She is. She's up in Toronto and she's being very elusive as Marina is and not saying what she's doing, but. Man, did it cause an uproar on Twitter and people were asking her and and speculating that somehow she's going to be tied in with Discovery, which on one hand would be pretty cool, but on the other hand, I'm pretty sure at this point she would just be a little kid or maybe not born yet.
0: Well, like Xana Troy's not even born yet, her mom. Yeah. Uh, But here's what what I think could be a possibility. Uh, In Star Trek Continues, you'll get to it soon. Uh, she is the voice of the Enterprise computer. Because, you know, Major Barrett did the voice, mm-hmm. and Marina Sirtis was Deanna Troy, who was the on screen daughter of Loxana Troy. Major Barrett played Loxana Troy, so it's kind of like passing the, the, the baton on to the next generation, you know, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the computer voice, right? And she's done voiceover work, you know, Gargoyles, Young Justice, you know. Um, I would totally. It'd be funny that they did that because a fan production did it first, and they're like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> um, I would love it. I know. I, 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 that's the only way she could be involved because she's not playing Deanna Troy, and I wouldn't want to see her play like, you know, the ambassador from Beta Z Troy. Right? I'm like, well, don't do that. You know, don't do that. So,
2: she could be an alien in makeup that we would never see her something. face. Yeah, you know, would, you know where that, you know her features are hidden enough that we know. But still, I, I think it would be
0: a bit much. Yeah, I don't, don't want to see Jonathan Frakes play Chef. I don't want to see Zianna Troy play, you know. I just, if, we wanna, if they're going to come back, come back as, as the characters we know. Uh, but anyway, that was a little bit of a, you know, a side trail there. But uh, yeah, the, so who knows what that's going to come of that. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I would, here's the thing with next gen, right? The last movie they did, complete bomb, right? Um, terrible, didn't even make number one of the box office. Embarrassing but the, they're still iconic you know they're the most iconic star trek series other than the original series so i can see the i can see the, like the the studio being counters like well these guys you know that that show was pretty popular and they had four movies and that i i feel like they would be more confident and gre- because nostalgia like i was talking about earlier to bring it all together we're at an all-time hot nostalgia the stock the nostalgia stock is at an all-time high so if they could you know tap into next generation nostalgia um I think that would encourage them to launch a a second Star Trek movie uh as opposed to like okay we all know you like Kirk and all those guys but what about go see this movie where you know none of these characters and like eh, I don't that I I don't know.
2: Well see and that's why I think if they tied in some of the actors into a second film that would still pull in you know it would pull in the fans that that want to see it because they're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's my captain, as I would say, because Captain Picard is my captain. So I think if they did that, I think that would, that would still be a really big draw for normal fans, but then probably for other fans, you know, other people too, who were just like, oh, well, I liked him in this movie. And that's why the new films were great, because I felt that it brought in a lot of fans and people who, I should say fans. They might be fans now, but it pulled in a lot of people who were, oh, I like, I like Chris Pine or I like Zachary Quinto, so I'm going to go see this movie just because I've seen him in other things and I like him in other things, so I'm going to go see it because of him. And then they end up liking the movie and they're like, well, maybe. So if they brought in actors from TNG into a new film, maybe that would get people to be like, I'm going to go watch TNG because these characters are kind of cool. But I think it would still have to involve help, the, some and help those new, Blu-ray help
0: those Blu-ray sales for yes. <laughs> next gen. So, uh, um,
2: you know, I think it would still involve probably some new characters, just because they've said it would.
0: And that's fine. Like I think obviously yeah. you need to introduce some fresh blood, and then maybe you know phase out the next gen characters as if this continues to be a franchise. Um, <laughs> hey, if they makes if they start making simultaneous movies, maybe we'll get one you know, more than every every four years or whatever the, <laughs> this ridiculous schedule is right now with these movies. Yeah. That, that's been the problem. We've talked about this before. Um, it's the, the lack of momentum mm-hmm. of these movies is what cripples the, because, you know, O-9 came back. It was like, oh, Star Trek's back. Yeah. And then, like, it took four years to come out with the Darkness and it was divisive. <laughs> and it took, like, the only reason I feel like they scrambled to get beyond that was, go, this is the 50th anniversary. We got to do it. Uh, and that's three years. And here we are looking at another three, maybe even four years for this. Cause what was, um, for the, for the real Star Trek four, um, I think they said 2019 or 2020, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause I mean, we're in 2018 right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're in the future guys. It is 2018. Um, so it's going to be, you know, that'll be another four year gap. I mean, yikes.
2: Well, and you know, in, in a lot of ways though, I, I'm kind of glad because you look at all these other films that have come out. I mean, everybody's freaking out about Avengers affinity war, Infinity War, and I feel like it would because we've had the new Star Wars films. I think that that competing with these other major, major franchises, which have a lot of fans in their own right, and we also have crossover fans. I mean, so many of us like so many other things as well. It it wouldn't do as well.
0: No, that's if, a good point. That's a great point. Because that, that's, that's what kill compete with. It came out like the same time as Two Towers and uh, Harry Potter.
2: <laughs> yeah, so. you know. So I mean, there's only you know so much fandom to go around right. when you're when you're in involved in other fandoms as well besides Star Trek. I think a lot of us are.
0: Right. Well, that was our rundown of the news. On uh, any final thoughts, then Haley, on any of this.
2: I'm I'm just excited. I'm I'm glad that Star Trek is back on TV. Uh, and people can complain about the format of it but hey it's back on so I'm not going to complain and I'm excited that we're getting another film because I really really wanted a fourth one with these characters that I think have done a really phenomenal job of portraying these TOS characters that a lot of people grew up with I've only recently gotten to know and I'm, yeah, I'm just really excited. I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: Well, I mean, I'm excited. We have a lot more stuff to talk about. Yes.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes. So. More, more to talk about.
0: All righty. Well, it's been fun talking about all this new, exciting Star Trek news going on in TV and movies. But that's not the only thing we're talking about this week on Trek FM. Here's a quick look at what else you might have missed elsewhere on the network.
1: Previously on Trek.FM, The Edge. A Star Trek Discovery podcast.
0: Also, and this might be me w- reading way too much into this, but I feel like because Tilly ends up being so instrumental in what happens later in the mirror universe, part of me, when I was reading this, wondered if in the back of my mind, Stamets is like, "I need to have one person," and Lark is like, "Oh, I want to make my own." T- oh, Tilly,
1: that's who you want. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> to the journey. Beep. This is Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a redneck if. Oh, Lord. (laughs) If you fall in love with a hologram... (laughs) You might be in a doomed relationship. If you fall in love and it never really happened... You might be in a doomed relationship. If you fall in love with someone manipulative... You might be in a doomed relationship. If you can't even remember your own name... You're definitely in a doomed relationship... <laughs> the orb.
0: So I'm gonna destroy your computers. So if you want to fight, you're gonna have to use real bombs. I hope you're ready because I'm leaving. You figure it out. But of course, trailing the Enterprise
1: is always the Starfleet cleanup ship that comes in and yeah, cleans the USS up the mess. Broom sweep. Right, yeah. the USS Broom Sweep.
2: Standard orbit. <laughs>
0: can we not just go to just a planet and everybody has dark complexion and it's just, it's not a thing. You know, it's not like a crux of the story. Right. That would have been, I think that would have been true progress. And it's not even like, Oh, well, since we're going to this planet, we have to talk about race. That's the whole point of the whole story. Uh, it serves the story well, but I don't think that's a prerequisite to have a story like this.
1: And that's what else is happening on Trek.FM.
0: So check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, get the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. That helps us out greatly and makes it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can stream and download the mp 3 file from our website and grab the RSS link as well.
2: If you would like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on TrekFM slash contact and look in the sidebar on the show page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. We haven't had one yet, so we'd love to hear from you. You can also look contact us through Twitter at Trek FM. Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at Trek.fm and click Discussion on the menu bar.
1: Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron of the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trek.fm, that's p a t r e o n dot com slash trek.fm, You'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find the details at patreon.com trekfm. Speaking of Patreon, thank you as always to our associate producers for Standard Orbit. They are Norman C. Lau, Nick Anastasio, Tim Robertson, Richard Marquez, Corey Elrod, and Dan Rhodes. You guys, uh, your your contributions, your help, your support mean the world to us, and we appreciate you being associate producers on Standard Orbit. So to find me on the interwebs, you can find me on Babel, on the Babel Conference. I'm there all the time. Or you can find me on Twitter at BostonSCPO.
0: As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. I'm also the host of my own podcast, Always Hold On to Smallville, where we talk about all things Smallville, the young Superman show that ran from 2001 to 2011. And also, you can find me on the Babel Conference, uh, complaining about things that uh, I don't like and praising things that I do like, because that's what we do as fans. So I look forward to talking to you all on there. What about you, Haley?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I am Trekkie01D. I know some people like to call it trekkie 10D, but that would be incorrect. I am not on that one. You can also find me on the Babel Conference. I am enjoying uh, chatting with all of the listeners as I am new to this, but it's been fun.
0: So, thanks everyone for listening, and join us again next time here on Trek FM for another episode of Standard Oil.